You're listening to Potter Nonsense, a podcast with me and Ray. So here we are, episode 10. Episode 10. We made it, you guys. <laughs> we did. We're in the double digits. That's awesome. Let's give ourselves a pat on the back. Um, but yeah, welcome to another episode of the Potter Nonsense podcast. I am Ray. And I'm Fee. And on this week's episode, we're going to be talking grown-up jobs. What exactly did our favorite heroes end up becoming and are they on brand or not? Yes. Um, We've talked about the various careers that are available, but we didn't really get into the specifics of what we're told happened to our heroes when they grew up. Yes. So let's start with the chosen one himself, Mr. Harry Potter. Who became an aura. And um, my reaction to that is, <laughs> not. <laughs> there's not even there's not even words. There's just a, <laughs> yes, a I blew a big raspberry at that. That didn't really come across yeah. very well, probably on the audio. Um, oh no, it did. Mine, mine is just a big old. <laughs> <laughs> Look, on one hand, I can see it. I've read some amazing fan fiction out there, which I really should start referencing. Like. That would, that would be a really good thing to do. I will keep that in the back of my mind. But I've read some amazing fan fiction where he became an aura and it was really genuinely well done, like you could believe it. And then I've read some amazing fan fiction where he became like a top-notch Quidditch player um, and some where he went back to Hogwarts and was a professor and somewhere he left the Wizarding World behind completely. Um, so personally, don't think he would ever have been Aurora. Yeah, I think – I mean, he. I can see him being stuck on that idea from when he was looking into careers in fifth year. I think it's fifth year that they had their little careers fair sort of thing. Um, yes. I can see him sticking to that idea, like, as something that he was working towards. But then, the, like, after the war, he, I mean, when, when he um, – mended his wand with the elder wand and then destroyed the elder wand. He literally said that he'd had enough trouble for a lifetime. Becoming an aura is just more trouble. Like that's specifically yeah, that getting like... yourself into situations that are full of trouble. It doesn't Yeah, that's like Yeah, it doesn't track. It doesn't No, it doesn't match up with what we already know. Mm. And which the, is that he wanted to stay away from trouble. Yeah. He wanted to ha- live a life that was free of Voldemort and dark magic and corruption. Mm. And Why would he go for that? Meanwhile, the thing that we saw Harry become the most passionate about was teaching people to defend themselves against dark magic. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. Professor Harry rings so true to me. Right, Professor Potter, Allo alliteration. Yes. Everybody loves alliteration. <laughs> professor Potter, the dark arts professor. Especially especially J.K. Rowling. J.K. Rowling loves alliteration yes. more than she loves basically everything. <laughs> she really does. Um, so, yeah, Professor Potter, the 
Defence Against the Dark Arts teacher at Hogwarts School of Witchcraft and Wizardry has a much better ring to it than Aura Potter. Yes. It just fits in with the personality that we know. I mean, yeah, sure, at 15 years old, he probably went, oh, yeah, this looks awesome. Mm. And then he lived through a war. Yeah. When Harry was 15, he was still in the midst of the fight and didn't know when that Mm. fight was going Mm -hmm. to end. Like, he probably assumed that if, if, well, at that time, you know, Voldemort was back. He was he was thinking completely. I need to be the most trained that I can be in order to defeat Voldemort. Yeah, because this guy's coming for me no matter what. Mm. And then he saw the Ministry completely capitulate to Voldemort, and you know he went through the war. And then that's that's not really the path that he's going to follow. No. Mm. So yeah. That that is not the path that sweet Harry James Potter wants to follow. Yeah. And I, I do get the idea of him becoming a Quidditch player as well, but also just get get that boy out of the spotlight. He doesn't need it anymore. Yeah, please. <laughs> he wants a quiet See, life. Yeah, this is the thing. I I really did I do really remember enjoying the uh fic that I read, which was Harry leaving the wizarding world completely. Mm. He joined the muggle world again where he could walk through London, nobody knows who he is. He could go traveling and nobody knows who he is. I feel like that boy is crying out for anonymity that he has never had. Mm. And like, um, I, I can, So, yeah. I can see him staying with the Wizarding World purely for the Weasleys <laughs> and that, yes. that's about it. Yeah. That's all he's really interested in holding on to there. The Weasleys and the connection to the rest, like his, his deceased family. Yeah, of course. Uh, but you can't tell me he doesn't go roam around Muggle London just because. Oh, definitely. That's that's how he spends his summer summers when he's a professor. Like he just goes to the Muggle world, has a nice quaint little yeah. apartment in um, like the outskirts of London, probably. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. All right, who is next on our list of faves? Shall we go to Ron? Because I... Ron. Like, Ron followed Harry into being an aura, as far as we can tell. Like, that that's yes. that's the story that we're kind of given. Like, I assume that he was just, he just did it because Harry did it, because what connection... That is very... On brand for Ron Weasley. (laughs) Like, I'm trying to think of what he would want to do otherwise. I firmly believe he would have become a Quidditch player as well. He loved the Chudley Cannon so much and he found his niche. He he got good Mm. uh, when he finally joined the team. Yeah, once he got his groove on, once he he stopped being so self-conscious, like he probably still Mm. couldn't play a game Mm -hmm. in front of George. But no, like, God, no, George, if you're no. coming, do not tell me that you're coming. <laughs> yeah, but I think that he would have joined his sister and tried to go for that top spot of Keeper of the Chudley Cannons. Yeah, and I think that um, there's the impression like that, that Chudley Cannons are yeah. actually the worst team in the league. 
They are, which is why he probably would have got in. <laughs> but, um, you know, it's still a Premier League team. Someone's got to love the ba- the bottom of the rung. Lord knows my family does with West Ham United supporting. <laughs> and if he... Disclaimer. I will put a disclaimer there and say I have not followed the English Premier League for uh, quite a while, okay. so I don't actually know where West Ham sit. <laughs> so if any of... If any of our listeners are West Ham United supporters, please know that they hold a very special place in my heart uh, and I don't actually know where they are right now on the ladder. Uh, see, see, my brother and my cousins are all real basic and love Liverpool. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, I've got a whole section of my family that love Liverpool. My, my dad uh, is a Manchester United fan, but he's Australian, so I don't think it counts. Yeah. Well, this this, this is all. like I only really take the opinion of the people who actually like live there and not just eat up what the media tells them to eat up. Mm. Yeah, well, you know, um, my cousins have been to England. My brother has not. <laughs> so, and <laughs> so of course he's a Liverpool United supporter. Mm. Uh, a Liverpool, yeah. yeah. And um, you know, the family that I have in England, I think they're just all more into rugby than they than they're into football. That's fair. Mm. Rugby is a touch more exciting to watch. Yes, I would agree. <laughs> it's just a bunch of very burly dudes running full pelt at each other. And what mm. more do you really want in a sport? Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, so Ron, I think would be a Quidditch player. If he didn't successfully become a Quidditch player, because obviously there's a lot of competition inherent in that, um, I can mm-hmm. see becoming like a professional Quidditch fan. <laughs> like, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like he would be starting a um, magazine or something of that description. Um, yes. Yeah, he definitely would. <laughs> Like, if he managed to get in on, um, like, some other classmates would probably, after going through all of the propaganda from the Daily Prophet, like, a couple of his classmates would probably be like, we're going to start a new newspaper that's actually got journalistic integrity. And Ron would sidle over and be like, can I be your sports writer? I, yes, I'm very but there would be someone standing there. Yeah, right. There would be someone standing there going, "You have to report more than just the Todley Cannons, please." Because <laughs> oh. you know, for the first couple of issues, all he would write about is the Todley Cannons. Yeah. Oh, you know what? Um, I'm just thinking of um, there was the radio station that they had during mm, mm-hmm. during the war with um, Lee Jordan and. Kingsley Shacklebolt, like if that just became an ongoing concern, like not obviously mm-hmm. they're not reporting on horrific deaths and disappearances, but like they would just move on to, you know, providing proper news to the wizarding world in a more modern medium. Yes. That could also be an option. Yes, <laughs> that could, absolutely. And you know, you know that Ron would give good radio. Yeah, of course. He would be funny without yeah. really even trying. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I can see that too. And it's like Lee Jordan, his his older brother's best mate. So Yeah, right. 
Yeah. 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 So, no, okay. So he would do something to do with sports. Yes. Yes, he would. Like, and then I can honestly see him ultimately being like a stay-at-home dad. Like, if, if we are accepting yeah. the world in which um, he and Hermione end up together and have children, like, she's got... I am a, not, but let's continue. Yes. She's got a lot to do. Like, she's the one with the yes. very demanding career that she's that she's doing. So, she's the one who's going to be out making the money. And Ron, as a stay-at-home dad, completely supportive of Hermione, is a way that I would hope that would turn out should that be the world that we're accepting. That is the only thing I will accept about them being together because otherwise, no thank you in the bin with you. Yeah, especially since I think in The Cursed Child he's like, like I haven't bothered to read The Cursed Child. I've got it there, but like. Oh, my I God, we need to do a whole episode on The Cursed Child. But I don't want to read it. <laughs> no, like, neither I do I. I haven't seen it I either. haven't read it either, but. No, I haven't seen it. I haven't read it, but I've got some very, very close sources to me who have told me the entire thing, uh, and I am not not impressed. Mm. But yeah, I'm apparently Ron so, is also just a deadbeat husband in that. So it's like on top of it all, like he couldn't even turn it around for that. So yes, and I which do. I do have surprise me. I do have a lot of affection for Ron, even if he is a problematic young man. Um, and I don't want to live in a world where oh, he's yeah. that guy. <laughs> Look, don't get me wrong. I do love Ron Weasley. I, I love Ron Weasley as a character and I love Hermione as her own person. I do not love them together. I don't think that that is a match that would have lasted a long time. I can see it purely lasting. because of their... I can see it lasting longer than it should because they're put together by so much trauma. Yes, uh, you've got you've got your your childhood growing up. You've got trauma. You've got losing a family member and Hermione being basically his best friend right there. But then you've also got the added bonus of it's the expectation of what everybody else wants, and nobody has bothered to ask them what they want. Mm. Yeah, I can definitely um, see them getting married and then realizing like way later on that that's a terrible mistake that they made. See, I don't think they'd even make it to marriage. I think they'd plan the wedding. I think they'd get to the day. I think Hermione would just not go down the aisle. And I think Ron, instead of being really upset and angry and sad, would be like, oh, thank Christ for that. <laughs> so uh, I was right. about to make another dead set have, <laughs> I have, right, I have dead set wanted to write that as a thing for a very, very long time. And I've started it a couple of times where they get, through the planning stuff and she's just going along with it because it's the expectation of his family and his family, the only family that he, she's got. And he's going along with it because he wants to make sure that she feels safe and that's happy because they're friends at the end of the day, they love each other as friends. And then they get to the actual ceremony day and she just turns around and she's just kind of like, I can't do this. And he hears it from Harry and his first initial reaction is, Oh, thank God, please tell her that it's okay. <laughs> I've wanted to write that for I've wanted to write that for such a long time because I feel like that is what would happen with the two of them. They love each other but they're not meant to be. Yes. They they and they would always be close following it. It's just yeah. Mm. And I'm now just picturing um because you've provided this scenario just the two of them probably sitting in the same pavilion that Bill and Fleur got married in. 
um, completely, mm-hmm. completely on their own, just si- sitting, sitting at the, you know, podium that they were going to get married on, just sharing a bottle of champagne and talking about how they nearly actually did this. Yeah, right. And she's still in her dress, and he's still in his tux, and they're just sharing this bottle of champagne, just being... with 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 like, with like the bow tie, the bow ties undone, and they're just sitting together yeah. drinking okay. it. Right. I'm going to tell you guys right now. I'm writing this, and I will let you know when it is up and ready to read. Excellent. <laughs> um, speaking of Hermione, though, uh, Minister for Magic not a fan. We've already talked a fair bit about how deeply corrupt the wizarding world is. Mm. There's not a good chance of her getting the nomination. Let's let's be completely honest. <laughs> There's not. I mean, I see where JK was going. It's all about girl power and Hermione Granger being the most successful and brightest witch of her age becoming the top dog. Mm. And I understand that and I like that. I really, really do like that. Dear sweet freaking Lord, sorry, I'm really glad I shut that window because there is now a motorbike right outside my fucking window. <laughs> Hold on. Just listen to this fucking bullshit. Oh, now he's not revving it. Well, I, I think he's not I think it. because you've got a headset microphone, it's very into you being very close to it. So I don't think that it's Yeah, it's up. a super sensitive microphone though. Okay. Um, it's a super sensitive microphone. Anyway, back to what I was saying. Um, the I get that. I love that for her. But I also don't love that for her because that is, again, a lot of pressure. She wouldn't have got the votes, really, yeah. because she is a troublemaker when it comes to corruption. Like, if we're going by our understanding that um, you get, like, it, it's just a decision that the Wisnagmont makes, like, yeah, that that's, they're not going to nominate someone who's going to cause that much change. So No, exactly. Hermione Granger is about change. Hermione Granger single-handedly started her own society for the protection of elvish welfare. When she was 14 years old. When she was like 14 years old. They're not going to like someone like that as Minister of Magic, no matter how much everybody else wants it to happen. She is, though, Um, definitely extremely politically active. Oh, she is. I would definitely put her as some kind of politician or some kind of activist. Mm. I just wouldn't put her as the top dog because she she causes too much trouble for corruption and she wouldn't get it. Yes. Honestly, if we're, if we're going with the idea that um, Lee, Lee Jordan continues on with his radio station, like he'd have, you know, a daily rant from Hermione, like scheduled in. Oh, yeah. <laughs> And that that would be how she yeah, how she starts this whole thing up. I think <laughs> gets some groundswell under her. Gets gets to work. Yeah, I also think Hermione may have gone into some kind of research. Mm. I feel like Hermione may have also gone into some kind of uh, progression of magical studies. Yeah. Like, if anyone is going to start up a magical university, it's going to be Hermione Granger. Yes, she'd be. I think maybe starting out she'd be going for the early learning stuff to make sure that mm-hmm. kids have mm-hmm. the building yeah, blocks exactly. to actually succeed at Hogwarts and mm-hmm. then she'd mm-hmm. be moving into ensuring that there's actual higher education 
that is formalized. Yeah, I if she's going to be the minister for anything, she's going to be the minister for education. Yes, 100%. <laughs> because the the biggest part of her personality was that she was such a dedicated, hardworking, intelligent student. Mm. Um, and I feel like that would carry over a lot more into being an activist for education. She'd be an activist of some kind. Yes, yes. She's like the Gryffindor in her is not backing down from what she believes in. And the no pr- the very prevalent Ravenclaw in her wants to ensure that not only she but everyone has the best education they can get. Yes. And I also think that she would know in her heart that Minister for Magic would be too hard for her to attain because of her troublemaking skills. Mm. Like, I don't think, I think she might have idly thought of, like, what she would do if she was Minister for Magic, but she also knows that unless the Wizarding World becomes a democracy, which she would probably also be acting for, (laughs) um, she's not going Mm -hmm. to, she's not going to, get that nomination she should be aware of the changes that she can make as minister for magic but she knows Mm -hmm. that she needs to make those changes from outside the system yeah exactly so for our golden trio i i think jk missed the mark a little bit on what they would be as adults Mm. however for our subset golden trio, which is the silver is trio, Neville, if you will, <laughs> the silver trio, uh, which is Neville, Ginny, and Luna, I think she really hit the money on the head. Yeah, yeah, there was a it hit the nail on the head. <laughs> it's like she 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 hit the money. <laughs> <laughs> she hit the money on the head. She hit the nail on the head. Yeah, she was on the money. I, I, Please, for the love of God, leave that in yeah, there. <laughs> I will um, hit the. That might even be an episode title. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, um, she hit the nail on the head because Ginny became a Quidditch player slash Quidditch journalist. Yes, once she, required, once she retired from being a Quidditch player, that was when she went on to journalism, um, speci- specifically mm-hmm. reporting mm-hmm. on the Quidditch. And that yeah. feels – And if that's not – sorry. Uh, I was going to say that feels really, really correct and I love it. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's basically what I was going to yeah. say. I was just going to say that is so on brand for Ginny Weasley that it hurts. Yes. Like it's, yeah, it works and it definitely is what she would have done. She loved to play Quidditch. She went after her goal of becoming a Quidditch player and then she realized that her career was up so she became the journalist, the journalist for Quidditch. Mm. I, I don't see. Yeah. Um, the one thing that d- does make me go like, hmm, is I don't think that an international Quidditch player is particularly likely to end up marrying the boys you dated in high school. Uh, no. <laughs> no, no, no. But, I mean, the question of Ginny Weasley's preference for her significant other has always been a thing that I've debated about because I don't think – I don't – I don't really feel like she would have ended up with Harry, not because it's Harry Potter, but also because I feel like she would have dabbled. Yeah, like I feel like at the very least. Yeah, I feel like she would have dabbled. Yeah, she she needs to explore some stuff within herself, I think. And I mean, we don't know how long it took for Ginny and Harry to get married. Again, we've said they um 
like 19 years after the war ends, they have their oldest child is 12 or 13. So that's six mm, years. Mm-mm. <laughs> mm-mm. So if if I yeah. if she and Harry ended up together, I would imagine that there was a good long while that they broke up and sort of figured themselves out as they needed to, <laughs> which is a fic that yes. I have tried to write and then I decided that I should probably focus on something that I could ultimately possibly get paid for one day. So... <laughs> Yes, you did, but I feel like you still need to go back to that because you did put a lot of work into that. Yeah, I put a lot of thought into it and it was just the the concept was um, Ginny going back to school after the war and Hermione went back and Luna went back and Neville went back and Harry and Ron went off to Aura school and it was going to be a lot of an exploration of the trauma that everyone is dealing with and probably not dealing with well. Mm-hmm. Mm. I think you should explore that again. Maybe Nano this year. Yeah, do that. Mm. Nano this year for me is actually a proper proper novel. Uh, so I'm trying to get all of my fanfic ideas out now, but I'm just adding more and more and more onto it. Yeah. So, you know, <laughs> I'll let you know how that one goes. <laughs> Who knows? Uh, who's next? Let's go with Neville. Neville. He – yeah, let's go Nev-Nev. So – Neville started out as an aura, mm-hmm. ultimately decided that wasn't for him, and went and became the herbology professor at Hogwarts, yes. which I think is definitely what would have happened. Mm. Like the the herbology stuff, definitely 100%. Like that's, you know, what he was always really good at. That was what really defined him, that he had this one talent and that talent was herbology even when he was using his dad's wand that didn't like him <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Neville's magic definitely like 100% improves the moment he stops using like w- once he loses his dad's wand and gets a new one that's when it all turns around for him yes it does it does were you going to talk about how um you don't feel that he would have tried to become an aura? Oh, potentially. I I don't think he would have tried to become an aura uh, purely because, again, too much trauma. Why would he want mm. to go back there? Why my would he want to go back there? My thinking for why he would is because his parents were auras. Yeah, more than likely, um, which is I think the only reason why Harry would have gone for was, to be an aura. Was James actually an aura? James, yeah, I thought he was. Let me look it up. Or am I, I getting fan fiction confused again? I'm just having Let, a look. He might not have been. So, I think I've read this in fan fiction. Whoops, ignore me. It could be. I think I'm not sure that. Um, because I think that the Longbottoms were a bit older than the Potters. I always um, thought they were the same and age. And I think that the Potters went straight into the war. Straight into the war. So, past the Hogwarts. It never actually. Oh no, he was jo- he was in the After Order graduation, of the Phoenix. James married Lily Evans. Yeah, he just went straight into the Order of the okay. Phoenix. 
which I have definitely read that in a fic then. Oh, he wouldn't have had time. I think he might have. <laughs> he wouldn't have had time to do anything. Yeah. Yeah, it was like they I mean, poor, poor kid died at age 21. Mm. That's so young and as we get older, it's only going to seem younger. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Like it's so true. 21 year olds now. Holy shit. Um, they're babies. Like, my brother's not even 21 yet. Mm, yeah, my brother just turned 21. Um, yeah, so I I don't think Neville would have tried, but also now that you've mentioned that, I think he would have tried, decided it wasn't for him, and then been like, well, I'm really good at uh, herbology, so I'm going to go and teach. Oh, that's what I was going to say before. I really do like the way that Mad-Eye Mooney, even though it wasn't actually Mad-Eye Mooney, was very nurturing of Neville. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, fake Mad-Eye Moody was, aside from Remus, the best teacher yeah, that they ever had. Yeah, he really, really was, <laughs> and that's, like, the funniest thing that could happen. But, yeah, he was really – Like, honestly, if Barbie Krause Jr. had – not um, become a wizard Nazi to just fuck yeah. with his dad and just gone on to be a teacher, that like would have been a very nice life for him that he would have found yeah. very fulfilling. Yeah, no, I... But unfortunately, he joined a death cult to piss off his yeah, dad. like... Which, as far as... Um, there's such a thing of... When you're... Rebellion against your parents is specifically ruining your own life. It's not. Yeah, good it's not rebellion. good rebellion. It's like the opposite of rebellion. It's it's. Please stop. Is what it is. Like, sure, you might be upsetting your dad, but you're also mm-hmm, doing meth, mm-hmm. for example. Yeah, no, I I really liked that Barty Crouch Junior was very nurturing of uh, Neville, and I think that made a big impact on Neville because he suddenly realized that he wasn't a useless wizard. He, his talents just lay elsewhere. Of course, it would have been very upsetting for Neville once he found out that um, he was getting all of this really good advice from the man that tortured his parents into insanity. I thought it was Bellatrix that did that. Yeah, but he was there. Oh, yeah. He was involved. He definitely was involved. Like, like – the Lestranges plus him, plus him all did that. So, um, so does that does that mean yeah, that, he did that, it? That would out of remorse. I don't know. Mm. Is it remorse? Is it fucking with him? Because like he does in that first um, Defense Against the Dark Arts lesson, he's definitely fucking with Neville. Yeah, he is, and then that's when he invites him back by making for... by making him identify the Cruciatus curse. Yeah, and then he, uh, no, like, I guess apologizes by inviting him for a cup of tea so he can raid his herbology book stash. Yeah, it's it's weird, but I, I guess mean, there's there's an element of that which is um he he was providing Neville with that book because he thought that Harry would seek. Neville's counsel about the second task and then Neville would be able to suggest Gillyweed but Harry doesn't give a shit about Neville at that time. No. So not really. he had to 
drop the hint in front of Dobby. Yeah, Harry doesn't really give a shit about anyone at that time, let's be fair. No, he doesn't. Um, Yeah, so I don't know. It's a bit of a mystery as to why, but I kind of, I really, really enjoy that Neville became a Hogwarts professor. Yes, and I'm sure that, like, Professor Sprout would have been so proud to hand over those reins to him. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, I think... He was probably even like, you know, he was he was Nora and he wasn't really enjoying it. Like, you know, it wasn't turning out as well as he thought and like he would have been, you know, at the time probably writing to his favourite teacher now and then, letting her know how he was doing and she'd be like, you know, I'm thinking of retiring and I think I'm going to suggest that Neville do this. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly what would have happened. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I like that. I like the thing that I just came up with. I'm very smart. (laughs) I like that. We're going to roll with that. And we're going to roll right on over to Luna. Luna, who is on point. She is so on brand right now. I'm loving, I'm loving Luna. Because Luna not only married uh, Newt Scamander's grandson. Is it grandson? Yes. Newt Scamander's yes, grand? it is his grandson. Newt Scamander, who is still alive, yes, um, at that time as well. So it's like she also got to probably hang out with Newt Scamander, right? So not only <laughs> did she marry Newt Scamander's grandson, Rolf Scamander, she also became a magizoologist, which is yes. Um, I think it's officially said that she's a wizarding naturalist. Yeah, officially, which but also on the Harry Potter fandom wiki. It's listed as magizoologist. Okay. The distinction is probably fairly slim between Oh, the it two. does say magizoologist is also referred to as a wizarding naturalist. Okay. Yeah. I think magizoologist Maybe is when, um, now super popular because of like the games and Fantastic Beasts and stuff. Yeah. I reckon wizarding naturalist was probably what J.K. Rowling was calling it before she came up with magizoologist. Yeah, because that's not an actual world. Word. World. What? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, but yeah, uh, like it, all of all of the creatures that Luna kept on insisting were real, obviously she would want to go and find them. Yeah, absolutely. And that's probably also how she met her husband. Yes. Okay. So I'm just scrolling. So. Luna married fellow naturalist Rolf Scamander, grandson of Newt Scamander's, considerably later in life than Harry, Ron, Hermione, and Ginny. According to Rita Skeeter, Luna wore a wedding dress decorated with rainbows and spangles and a tiara of silver unicorn horns, which her husband supposedly looked at with a shocked expression. Oh, Luna. (laughs) I love her so much. I love that she went out, she had a career, she met the love of her life, and then she got married and had kids in her own way. Mm. Like, I always, I've always had this idea that um, Luna, I've always kind of headcanoned her as asexual. Yeah. But, like, panromantic. Mm. So, like, she has the potential to love everyone. She's just not particularly interested in sex. She's got all of the other stuff that mm-hmm. she's interested in. But that also doesn't preclude her from, you know, having kids because, it, like, I mean, obviously there's an option, but there's also plenty of other sexual people who are not 
sex repulsed. They just don't yeah, require yeah. it. And that makes total sense for Luna considering like what we know of Luna. Mm. I think she probably met Rolf and he just – it was everything she'd ever wanted in a person, male, female, anywhere in between. Mm-hmm. And I I think that she just – he ticked all of her boxes. Yeah. And so – and that's why it was considerably later in life as well. Yeah. And, like, she's such a nurturing spirit, so I think that she yeah. would want kids. Yeah, absolutely. Like, uh, I really – Lunar is, like – the absolute like piece de resistance of what a character's arc and conclusion should be. Mm. Like I really wish that the other characters were given as much room as Luna to have their own lives and sort that like sort their own shit out. Yeah, I think so. I quite honestly feel for JK in a way that she had a lot of weight on her shoulders and there was going to be people who didn't like it no matter what. But I also feel like it was a bit rushed because Mm. she was on deadlines. I think if she had had the time to sit back and really think about it and really look at it from every single angle, I think we would have got a perhaps completely different outtake outtake outlook on the, the next 19 years or 19 years later. I just genuinely hope that the 19 years later thing was something she was forced to do. Yeah. Because, like, the en- the final chapter is, like, it ends perfectly. It does. And then we get this. It does. Tie-, tie it all off with a lovely bow epilogue and it doesn't ring true to anyone. No, right? <laughs> I remember finishing that last chapter and just being like, <gasps> it's complete. My life is over. It's complete. And then going, oh, 19 years later. And then reading it and just being like that ruined everything. I think sometimes mm. you have to have. I do I do really love <laughs> what I was just going to say. You have to have. Sometimes you have to have a bit of mystery in your ending and let your readers yes. answer those questions for themselves. Like I think people mm. yes, need definitely. to – hear the tie-in, hear that they all ended up peaceful and happy and the war was over and everything was well, and then just let it be. Mm. I think by adding something yeah, and making it concrete, it took that away. Yes, I agree. Um, what I was going to mention was um, there's that story of the person who just accidentally flicked to the very end of the book oh. um, when they got it, and just all, all that all that they saw was Ginny kissed Albus, <laughs> <laughs> and was like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> well, that took a turn. <laughs> That's so great. That is absolutely fantastic. I love that. Oh, but yeah, the we just all pretend that the epilogue didn't happen. I mean, when this week because um Matt's Matt's been very sick and I've been a little bit sick. Yeah. Um because yeah, I, it didn't hit me as badly because I got antibiotics so early because he was already in the like depths of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um 
and I was starting to feel unwell. I'm like, mm, I'm going to the doctor and saying that <laughs> this is going on. Um, so we just watched um, Deathly Hallows Part 1 and 2 mm. and it's like we're about to hit the 19 years later thing and we're like, mm, okay, we're good. Yeah, let's turn that <laughs> we off. We just don't watch it. Let's turn that off. Also, I just – how old were they in the last movie? Like 18? 17, 18. Yeah, like – I, really I think Hermione like, was 18, everyone else was 17. Yeah, so, like, Hermione is the one that I have a problem with. I really hope I don't look 49 or 50 at 37. They made them look so they old. They gave her graying hair. She's 37. <sighs> I mean, like, my partner right now is 36 and he does not look anywhere near 36. I mean, I can see Hermione being so consumed with her work that she's not dyeing her hair. I can but. as well. <laughs> Why? But I mean, and I'm sure, I'm sure there are people somewhere that are going grey in their twenties and thirties. I know they exist. I do know that. But also, that is mm. like a it's a small part of the population in comparison. I'm not just talking about the greying hair though. I'm talking about the like Old the bags under the eyes. Yeah, the bags under the eyes and the wrinkles around the mouth. I get that they had to age her a little bit, but come on, just dress her in some mum clothes and change her hairstyle. Like, yeah, yeah, that's all you need to do. Women, but don't change her women, hairstyle as badly as they changed Junie's hairstyle. Right. Because oh my giving god. her the hair of Elastigirl. Oh my god. Yes. <laughs> Ginny. Uh, like she had a very round bob. But I mean, at least Ginny still looked age appropriate. Hermione, Hermione, people, women don't hit 30 and suddenly become crones. Like, yeah. I love it when ladies come into my store because I work retail. I love it when ladies come into my store and I have to genuinely double check their ID because oh, my God, you're 50 and you look 45. You look – you don't – I mean, you're 50 and you look 35. Like, that's amazing. And there are just – it's not – it's not everyone, but it's majority. Women don't hit 30 and suddenly turn into crones. Mm. And I – Like, we're nearly 30. I know. I know. And I, like, every day I have, like, a constant mental breakdown. I've decided I'm going to be in Disneyland for my birthday next year because if I'm not, I'll probably just, like, consume a whole entire bucket of ice cream and then curl up in a bowl and die. So, um, yeah, I I got carded at the bottle the other night and was super happy. <laughs> I, I was. I like ripped uh, it out of my wallet. It was like, yes, you can see how old I am. He was just like, uh, well, you don't look your age. Ha ha ha. I'm like, thanks, buddy. You made my night. Um, I, yeah. three, three years ago, I just remember I was getting on a plane like from Melbourne to Adelaide and um, the flight attendant stopped me and was like, are you over 15? Because you're in the exit row. I'm like, huh, okay. <laughs> Thank you, I think. <laughs> and it was just this moment of like, I mean, I know I'm not wearing makeup, but damn. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's uh, actually amazing, and I love that. 
Um, yeah, things like that make me incredibly happy. And when things like that make me incredibly happy, I have this startling realization that, oh God, you're almost 30. Stop being that person. <laughs> well, in regards, in regards to carding, because, um, like Matt's not bartending anymore, but he has in the past and he just always cards women in their fifties. Oh, because nice. They get so happy. Nice. Yes. Okay. See if Brody worked uh, behind a bar, he'd probably do the same thing because he's the most charming motherfucker when it comes to like older ladies. Because he he used to work in this uh, cafe, and I used to go and sit and just kind of read my book and have free tea. Like it was amazing. Um, and I just Is used this to the cafe watch. You took me to. Yeah, uh, and I just used to sit and watch him charm the absolute shit out of all of these like. 50 to 60 year old ladies who would come with their hair all done and like having their morning tea with their friends. Um, and I was just kind of like, <laughs> Oh my God, they had him, they had, he had them eating out of the palm of his hand, like every day. It was amazing. Uh, so yeah, I, I can definitely see Brody doing something like that too. <laughs> but I think we've covered the main people and finished on a really good high note because Luna obviously wins at life at this point in time. Mm -hmm. Uh, Special mention to Percy because if Hermione is the minister, does that make Percy her uh, personal assistant? Because that would be really funny. (laughs) Um, He'd be the senior undersecretary to the minister. Yeah, right. And how much would that just piss Hermione off? It's like, oh, my God, you're my brother-in-law. I can't fire you. I fucking hate you. Uh, So if that – I can see Hermione and Percy getting on pretty well, though. I can, but I can also see him get on her nerves because he's such a, like – stickler for the rules Hermione is a stickler for rules to a point and then she goes oh okay that's not gonna work for me I'm gonna break it um but it has to be justified why she's breaking it Percy is just rules 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 that's it Mm. (laughs) I mean if she ever needs to know what rules need to be fixed like she she can just ask Percy what the what the rule established is on this yes <laughs> because that's he'll true. know it because he would know it he's, he would he's know it. he's leslie nope oh my god he's leslie nope that's so cute oh no i never thought i'd say that about percy like, weasley <laughs> he's he's i mean you know he's got color-coded binders he absolutely oh my god he's amy santiago and leslie nope in one <laughs> Oh, ah, and he'd be but, so eager to please. <laughs> yeah, he would. He absolutely would. Okay. On but, that excellent note. <laughs> yeah, on that absolutely excellent note, uh, that is all we have time for. Thank you for listening. You can f- – I really need to stop giving my Twitter handle out because I literally never look at it. But you can find me on Twitter <laughs> at Ray is a writer. And I'm on Twitter at raven.com. I've spelled it a couple times and it will be linked in the show notes. Uh, um, you can also find us on Facebook. Yes. Uh, Pot of Nonsense podcast, just search it on Facebook. We're going to have a little bit of a break. Um, this will be – this is um, the final episode of the season, we're going to say. <gasps> final episode of season one. 
Oh my God, we can start calling ourselves a multi-season podcast. <laughs> so yes, we'll, um, we're still going to be recording things. We're just going to make sure that we have um, a couple of episodes behind us, make sure that um, if for whatever reason we can't record in a, in a certain week, we'll still be able to give you the episode that you're expecting. So we're going to take – I believe we'll um, have about four weeks uh, before the next episode mm-hmm. and then we'll be back to you. Yes, we will. All right. But uh, until next time. Yes, for the next month. Mischief, mischief managed. managed. Potter Nonsense is a production of Bronze Pig Media and is recorded in Queensland and South Australia. If you liked the show, please rate, review and subscribe so that others can find us. You can contact us on Twitter at Bronze Pig Media or by email at bronzepigmedia at gmail.com. Yeah, keep out of trouble or, or not. I'm not really here to tell you what to do. Yeah, we're not the boss uh, of you. But yeah. <laughs> We're not. We're really not. I'm not the boss of – well, actually, I am the boss of multiple people at my job, so that's a scary thought. Anyway, on that note, toodles. Bye. Bronze Pig Media. Oink. <laughs>